to hear an anointed, powerful word that will change your life from Treasure Coast Victory Center. Be blessed as your faith goes from one level of glory to another level of glory. All right. Take your Bibles tonight. Go to Matthew chapter 4. Matthew chapter 4. Father, we thank you for your word once again tonight. We thank you for an opportunity to come together and just uh, explore your kingdom, learn about your kingdom, and live more in your kingdom. And we give you the praise for everything you're going to do tonight in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Matthew chapter 4. Look at verse 17. It says, From that time Jesus began to preach and to say, Repent. For the kingdom of heaven is at hand. If you study the New Testament, especially the four Gospels, you're going to find out that Jesus came and his message, his passion, his assignment was basically to tell about the kingdom of God coming back to the earth. He did not come. He never tried to establish a religion. He never preached heaven as man's goal. He basically talked about the fall and basically dominion here on the earth that we received once he came to reinstate us in the kingdom of God. Since that time, we now can take over the Holy Ghost comes on the inside of us. We have dominion, and we also have something called earth management. Jesus focused on the kingdom of God as his top priority. It was his heavenly mandate. God's original purpose has never changed from Genesis chapter 1, verses 26, 27, and 28. He wants to have a people who will love him, who will serve him, who will honor him by ruling and reigning on this visible planet that we call the earth. Peter put it this way, we are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a peculiar people who would show forth the praises of him who has called them out of darkness into his marvelous light. Jesus preached that the kingdom of God is here now. Back then when he came, he came and he died. He was raised from the dead. He sent the Holy Ghost. All those were a means to an end, and that end was to return the kingdom of God. Now the church celebrates, how many know most of those things, that Jesus died, Jesus was raised, the Holy Ghost came, but they never really celebrate the reason why all that took place, which was the kingdom of God. There is no kingdom of God day, there is no kingdom of God holiday, but all those things were to get back the kingdom of God back into the earth realm here. The church has reduced the gospel basically to nothing more than an escape plan to get to heaven. It's basically a fire insurance policy for those who get born again. The church knows about the cross, the resurrection, Pentecost, but very little about the kingdom of God, their kingdom authority, their kingdom purpose, and their kingdom mandate. And I, and I believe that's why a lot of people backslide. Because once you get born in the kingdom of God, and when I got born in the kingdom of God, and I, everybody said, praise God, you're born again, now you're going to heaven, I'd say, hallelujah, good. But that's all they really told me that I got out of the whole deal. So now I've got, you know, I get born again at 30, so now I've got maybe 60 years to just wait around until I died and went to heaven. Nobody ever told me there was a purpose. Nobody ever told me that I had authority. Nobody ever told me I had a plan. So I think a lot of people, once they get into Christianity and get excited about being born again and have no purpose or no mission to do anything, they basically just go back into the world anyway and wait their time out until they die or retire or go to heaven, basically. So once you find out you got a purpose, it changed my whole perspective of my life because I actually knew I was put here to do something. 
I found out that God was in control of everything, so I just had to sit back and whatever happens, happens. Whatever don't happen, happen. I found out that he had put me in a position where I can make a difference in this earth realm while I'm here. Once I leave here, I won't be able to make much of a difference, and none of us will. But now, once you get a purpose and you get a plan in your life to know what God wants you to do, it gives you a reason for living to begin with. There's a lot of people out there who don't have any reason for living. They're committing suicide. They're in drugs. They're in everything else, basically because they don't think there's any reason for them to be here whatsoever. But everybody that God creates, he doesn't make mistakes. He's created every single person here to be here at this time, in this place, in this position, because there's something that he wants done at this time. So Jesus preached basically most of the time about a return to earth of a heavenly kingdom, and that was going to come through mankind. Okay, go to Matthew chapter 5. All right, Matthew 5, look at verse 3. It says, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of what? Kingdom of heaven. So here Jesus comes right out. He says the solution for man who basically were born in poor in spirit because of what Adam did, who had the fall, who lost the nature of God, the answer and the solution to that is not your efforts. It's not the works that you do. It's not the rituals that religion do all the time. It's not joining a denomination. It's not even having revival. It's not really even church. It is the kingdom of God. Church is basically then our government embassies of heaven. We're here to teach and train citizens to live, to prosper, and to properly represent kingdom life here on the earth. TCVC is not a religious organization. If you notice, even if you're a kingdom person, people will say that I can see that you're religious. How many have ever, anybody ever said that to you? And basically they don't understand there's nothing about religion that we are, but to them that's what religion actually is. So we're here to teach people and train them how to extend God's will, his intent, and his purpose, and the culture of God and his values into this earth realm. He, we are here to make disciples, not losers on their way to heaven, but winners who can be an example of what kingdom life is like. The results is someday the whole earth will be filled with the glory of God. What's the glory of God? The nature of God and the will of God. This whole earth will be filled with it. Okay, go up to Matthew chapter 6. All right, Matthew chapter 6, the scripture we all know but don't understand, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Notice he uses the word here first. It means it's a priority. A kingdom life is a key. It's your priority. Priority means a, the principal thing. It means putting first things first. It means the primary focus of your life. It means coming out of darkness into God's kingdom. We've already studied in the kingdom, kingdom laws. We have kingdom language. We have kingdom morals. There's kingdom values. There's kingdom ways. There's kingdom benefits. You're never going to get these in one 50-minute teaching on Wednesday night. These are things that you need to study and you need to seek about the kingdom of God. Your life is the sum total right now of all the decisions that you have made every day. You are where you are today because of the decisions that you have made. Notice, not God has made, but you have made. We'd like to blame it on God, wouldn't we? Hallelujah, that'd be great. But it's not that way. God is not in control. Man is in control. So your decisions, basically, that you have been made are a result of your priorities. Whatever your priority was, that's where you made your decisions. Every decision you make has a consequence. If you learn to examine the consequence before you make a decision, you'll never make another bad decision. 
But if you just make a decision on the spot and then, oh my gosh, go down the road a little bit and find out the decision you made wasn't exactly very good. So you always want to check the consequences first. If you can identify the correct and right priority of your life, that would be the key to success and a very simple life for each and every one of us. We need to identify the correct and the right priority of life. Have you ever gone through a whole day and basically felt like you got nothing done? That's because you had no priorities. You went into that day with no priorities. You just decided to go into that day and case sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. And how many know, time-wise, everybody's after your time. And they pull you in one direction. The TV pulls you in another direction. The, this pulls you in another direction. Pretty soon the day's over with and you say, I didn't get anything done. Well, because you made a bunch of decisions that day with no priorities set whatsoever. The key to effective use of your time is to establish correct priorities. In other words, to put first things first. I'm going to say that again. The key to effective use of your time is establishing correct priorities, putting first things first. Now, I learned to do this a long time ago, and it's worked for me, so I'm going to share it with you. I put my priorities, some of them, for the next day, the night before. I don't wait till I wake up in the morning and then figure out what I'm going to do. I've already set my priorities the night before, at least a few of them. You know, you can't schedule your whole day. And my priority first is the kingdom of God. Every day. So every day I'm going to do something toward the kingdom of God, whether it's witnesses, somebody, pray in the Holy Ghost for a half hour, study the kingdom of God. That is a priority, and that's what I'm going to do. No matter how busy I get, no matter how much pull there is on me, no matter how many things are going on in my life, that is my number one priority, and I'm going to do that every single day. Maybe your other thing is to clean the house. Maybe your other thing is to mow yard. Those are good, but how many know they're not your priority the priority is to seek first the kingdom of God. When you go to correct priorities, they will protect your time. They will protect your energy. They'll protect your talents, your decisions, and also your disciplines. So correct priorities simplify your life so you do not waste time, you don't waste your energy, and you do not waste your talents. It's the sayings that I've learned is the greatest tragedy in life is not death, but life without a purpose. That's why you see suicides, unhappy, no reason to live, no purpose, why they have no idea why they're here. People want to live longer. Well, why live longer if you don't know why you're here to begin with? You might as well find out why you're here, first of all. The greatest mistake in your life will be to be busy, but not effective. And busyness is a badge in the church. If you can be the most busy person in the world, everybody says, oh my gosh, look how busy they are. Look at they're all doing. Look at, but if it's not stuff you're supposed to be doing, you're wasting time and energy on stuff that you shouldn't be doing to begin with. Just being busy is not it. Sometimes you need to get out of busyness and just sit down and, and just relax a little bit. The greatest failure in life is to be successful in the wrong assignment. Success then is fulfilling your God purpose, not the seeking of things for your purpose. So the greatest failure in life is to be successful in the wrong assignment. That means you can be diligent, but be diligently long, wrong. You can really go after something, but you can go after the wrong thing. So you need to find out what you're put here for. Success is measured by the effective use of your time on a daily basis. In the natural world, money is the currency of the economy. In the spiritual world and in your life, time is the currency of your life. How you, now listen to this, how you spend, say spend, how you spend your time determines the quality of your life and the quality of your death. So when you die, are people going to say, oh, you hate to see him go? Or are they going to say, praise God, it's about time that guy got out of here. So how you spent your time determined what people thought, how much you got done, what you were supposed to do. So basically you become whatever you buy with your time. If you're ignorant, 
That means that basically you watch TV your whole life, never read a book in your life, never read the Bible, never did anything, and you're ignorant. If you're real overweight, chances are you spend a lot of time on the couch eating bonbons, watching TV, what you spend your time to do. If you're worried, it's because you're listening to things that bring you fear and worry, and you're meditating on those things, and it's affecting your life. So basically everything and everyone is after your time. Every TV station, they show you commercials. What for? They're after your time time. You have people, and you've got to be careful, who are needy all the time. You help people to a certain extent, and if those people don't want help, you've got to leave them go because they're stealing your time that you can spend on something else. So you've got to be careful of what you're doing. You've got to follow the Spirit of God on the inside of you. The Bible tells us to redeem the time, to make sure we use it wisely. Whatever you do that does not move you towards your purpose is a second, third, or fourth priority. So my number one priority every day is to what? Seek the kingdom of God every single day. That is going to take a portion of my time. Some days it may take 20 minutes. Some days it may three hours, depending on what else falls in line with that day. You don't have to set up and say, I'm going to do 15 minutes a day from 7.15 to 7.30, because chances are one day you're going to wake up at a quarter late, and it's going to be too late, because the rest of your day is already planned. But that's got to be your priority. That has to be first things first. The key to effective use of your time is establishing the correct priorities. Now, I, I like finances. I like money. What I like to do is I take the smallest amount of money I can to produce the more money. Well, I'm going to take the smallest amount of time in my life to produce things for the kingdom of God also because that's the way things are done. Failure to establish correct priorities causes you to waste your two most important commodities, your time and your energy. When your priorities are incorrect, you will find yourself doing things. Number one, you will be busy all day with the wrong things. Number two, you'll be majoring on minor things. Number three, you'll be doing the unnecessary. Number four, you'll become preoccupied with the unimportant. And number five, you'll start many things but finish very few. In other words, you'll branch out with no priorities. You'll branch out in a lot of different directions trying to do something for a priority, but you'll start one, then you'll lose interest in it because that's not your real priority. Then you'll start another one, and you'll start another one, and you'll start. You'll have everything started, but nothing finished. Why? Because you did not make priorities again. Your priority, you're going to finish before anything else. So my first priority is going to be done, period. If that's what I do all day long, that's the thing I'm going to get done, and it's going to get finished because you don't want to branch out in too many things. Unfortunately, it will cause you to forfeit your purpose. It will result in failure. It, it, the best thing about money is if you lose it, you can always recoup it. But time, once time's wasted, it's gone. You cannot get it back. So our time is very important. It's the currency of our life, what we use our time to do. Our time, and we make the right priorities, we'll make the right decisions. You make the right decisions, you get the right results. When we get right results, we're successful in what we're called to do and what we're supposed to be doing in the kingdom of God and in life itself. All right, go to Luke chapter 10. These are very simple things. If you just apply them, I guarantee you it will help change your life. All right, Luke chapter 10, look at verse 38. It came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. And she had a sister called Mary, which also sat at Jesus' feet and heard his word. But Martha was cumbered about much serving and came to him and said, Lord, does that, uh, that now care that my sister has left me here to serve you alone? Bid her therefore that she help me. 
And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary has chosen that good part, which shall not be taken away from her. Now, this is a story that Jesus is telling here that basically deals with your time and deals with your priorities. The kingdom of God basically is a kingdom that deals with priority and your time. Mary had a priority. She wanted to sit at Jesus' feet and hear the word of the kingdom because the king himself was coming to teach it. Martha's priority was to serve. Martha served but worried. She served hard but was distracted. She served really hard and got mad at her sister. All she did, cook, clean, serve, all those things. How many know there are good things when Jesus comes? But Martha was busy with good things but not the good part. The good part was the one thing that was needful. The opportunity that would pass for a chance to hear the kingdom of God from the king himself. So she was busy, but she wasn't effective. She was successful for the wrong thing. All she received was tired, irritated, mad at her sister because she had the wrong priority. She wasted time and energy when she had a chance. Mary put first things first, the good part. Priority, the one thing needful. It would not affect her life for it would affect her life forever. Notice it would never be taken away from her. In order to be a good Martha, you must learn to be a good Mary first. Hallelujah. I had to learn this in the ministry. In order to be a good Martha, you've got to be a good Mary first. In order to be a good pastor, you better learn to seek the kingdom first and out of that be a pastor. Don't serve people all the time, counsel people all the time, go someplace, put out fires all day long and never seek the kingdom. It's not going to work. You're going to fall apart. So basically, you can see what happened here. Mary put first things first. It will not be taken away from her. You can serve without irritation. You can serve without being worried. You can serve without being upset, for your time and energy are dictated by the right priorities in your life. Correct priorities simplify life. For 20 years now, or for whenever I've been saved, when I found out I had to do kingdom first, I showed up every Wednesday and every Sunday, no matter what. When we had to drive 35 miles on Wednesday night with two little kids down to Stewart, we drove down there. Why? Because I determined those were two things that I was going to do unless something came up. We were on vacation, something. I was going to do those things. There was nothing to question when I got up on Sunday morning. It wasn't a question when I was tired working 10 hours on Wednesday night. I made a decision as that was my priority, and I made that my priority. I made my priority to get up and pray before I went to work. At one time, I was on an 8 o'clock shift, no problem. Then I was moved to a 5 a.m. shift. How many of you know the Holy Ghost is still half asleep at 4.30? <laughs> so you get up there and you try to connect. You read a little bit of word. You pray in the Holy Ghost. You do something. Why? Because I made that my thing to do. And now I'm in a position to where I understand the kingdom of God and I can pastor without being irritated. Amen. I can pastor without being freaked out. I can pastor without worrying. Why? Because I put first things first and I'm using my time to spend on something that I know will help me throughout the years. All right, go to Matthew chapter 6. All right, let's start in verse 24. All right, 624. Woe unto you that are rich 
for you have received your consolation. Woe unto you that are full, for you shall hunger. Woe unto you that laugh now, for you shall mourn and weep. Woe unto you, and all men shall speak well of you, as so did your fathers of the prophets. I need to skip down. Oh, okay. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. All right. Thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. All right, let's try Matthew chapter 6. Are you all there finally? All right, look at verse 24. No man can serve two masters, for either one will hate the one and love the other, or else one will hold to one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat or what you shall drink, nor yet for your body what you shall put on. Is not the life more than meat and the body than raiment? Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not much better than they? Which of you by taking thought can add one cubit unto his stature? And why take ye thought for raiment? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, they toil not, neither do they spin. And yet I say unto you that even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. Wherefore, if God so clothes the grass of the field which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven, shall he not much more clothe ye, O ye of little faith? Wherefore, take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or whither all shall we be clothed? For after all these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought for the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Now here once again, what is Jesus dealing with? Priorities. He's telling you what most people in the world are driven for. Why, they, why, they, why they're here. Why they believe they're here. What are they here for? Well, I'm supposed to go make money. I'm supposed to have something to eat. I'm supposed to have something to drink. I'm supposed to have something to wear. I'm supposed to have a nice house. Basically, most people are living here because of simple survival. That's their main goal. That's their main priority. Basically, it has turned into a rat race where people work two and three jobs simply to have more than even what they need. But that's their priority. That is what they're seeking. It's sad, but the basic priority driving most humans, and I can say even Christians and people who are born again, is simple survival. And when you're here for simple survival, you will do anything to survive. You have women on the street selling their body. Why to survive? You have people out there selling drugs. Why to survive? You have people out there who kiss up to their boss. Why to survive? Everybody's trying to stay ahead in the things of the, of the world. And even religions are built upon the, the attitude that you need to get things. So when I join a religion, I'm told that basically if I make God happy, if I appease God, if I do things right before God, if I go to church twice a week, God's going to do something for me. He's going to either bless me or pay my mortgage or do this or do that. What are we doing? We're actually after the same thing. We're just using a different avenue to get there. Rather than our job, we're going to go to try through a deity who we really don't care that much about anyway, but we know that the deity can take care of us, so we go in that direction. Most prayers, even in the church, are about these things. Believing God. Lord, I love you. Now give me a house. Lord, Lord, I want to serve you. Now pay my mortgage. And this is what's on our minds. And notice what it says. Do not worry. Say, do not worry. How many, how many people do you think out there right now are worrying about these things right now simply because their priority is in the wrong place? Instead of going after the kingdom of God, they're going after the things this world teaches you to go after. And all that does is wear you out. All that does is, and I'll tell you what, another thing it does, it misuses your talents. 
Because whatever talents you got, if you use them to get wealth rather than use them to promote God's kingdom, they're not going to go for you. You got plenty of singers out there singing the wrong song. You got a bunch of sports people out there with all kinds of talent out there who aren't doing a thing for the kingdom and they're using it for the wrong voice. Even though they got those talents, they're misusing them. So religion basically is based on these. Governments is based on this. What do governments think? Well, if we can offer you better jobs, more money, better economy, you know what you're going to do? You're going to vote for me and I'll set you free. So every government you see up there, what do they appeal to? They appeal to your, your wallet. They appeal to your job. They appeal to how much money you can get. And why do they do that? Basically because they know what every human being out there basically is going after who are going after the wrong priorities. So man basically in the world spends most of their time being manipulated by wrong priorities. They're being controlled. They're being ruled. They're being frustrated. Why are you frustrated when somebody's controlling you in that area? Because you were born with dominion to control yourself. And the thing that makes you more mad than anything else is someone trying to control you when you've got dominion on the inside of you to control your own situations and your own circumstances. So God established his priority at the very beginning of creation. Jesus came to earth to reestablish God's number one priority. And that number one priority is kingdom living. God's priority for mankind is completely opposite to man's priority. So what does he do? Jesus comes and notice the first word he says, repent. Why? Because you're thinking stupid. Why? Because you're going after things. Why? Because you think you've got to take care of everything. Why? Because there's a new way to do things that are simple and easy. Just two things. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and right living in the kingdom and all these things will be and the best thing about the addition comes from a supernatural realm affecting a natural realm rather than what you can get in the earth realm. You get more out of heaven to begin with. All right, look at verse 25. Therefore I say unto you, take no thought for your life what you shall eat, what you shall drink, and yet for your body what you shall put on. Not the life is more than meat, and the body is more than raiment. This is another way of saying worry. Say worry. This statement opposes everything that we live for, everything that I live for for over 30 years of my life, to, to get this, to have a house, to do all these things. Basically, worry implies that these basic needs are your priority. How many know you worry about whatever you think is your priority? But when God becomes your number one priority, you won't have to worry about things anymore. See, it's just a switch of your priorities, a switch of the way that we've been doing things. Worry means to consume in thought, to fret, to establish it as your first interest or your first priority. So Jesus basically said, stop worrying about these things. Securing these things basically does not equal success in your life anyway. Seeking the kingdom of God does. All right, verse 33. But seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. God's priority, seek first the kingdom of God, seek his righteousness, and all these things that at one time you were worrying about will be added unto you. So our confidence now is being switched, ain't it? Our trust is being switched. We're not going to trust our job anymore. We're not going to trust our finances anymore. We're going to trust God and the kingdom of God and put our trust in what God can do in our life. What does it do? Number one, it gives you a healthy relationship with God. He wants to be your father. He wants to provide for you. So we're transferring our priority from these natural things and needs to God's kingdom and his righteousness. If you don't basically change the way that you desire things like the kingdom of God instead of things, you will spend your whole life pursuing things. If you seek first the kingdom of God, you'll spend your life ruling things. Yeah. Hallelujah, and there's a big difference, I'm telling you. All right, chapter 6, look at verse 31. Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat? What shall we drink? Whither all shall we be closed? 
For all these things do the Gentiles or pagans seek, for your heavenly Father knows that you have need of these things. The word here for Gentiles, the word pagan, say pagan. Now listen, as kingdom people, we should not be motivated by things. We should not have a strong desire for things. We should not worry about our food and our clothes and our bills and all those things. Because we have somebody by the name of Abba Father who wants to provide for us if we stop acting like an orphan here on the earth. God's number one priority, seek first his kingdom. The kingdom is more important than food, water, shelter, and every other basic need. It is your very purpose for living on the earth. We shift our priority in order to be successful in God's kingdom. God said, if you just seek first the kingdom of God and my righteousness, everything you need in life will be given to you. All these needs that I strove for for years, I struggled for for years, basically always all at once started coming into my life. How did they come? Sometimes you don't even know how they get there, but they just get there. Our misguided priorities have imposed unnecessary hardships, stress, frustration, it has cost us our time and our energy, caused us to make bad decisions, and has caused sickness and disease and weakness even in the body of Christ. Worry's not good for you. Fear is not good for you. Worrying all the time and fretting all the time is not good for your physical body. God's number one priority for all mankind is to basically discover, understand, and enter into the kingdom of God. And here it talks about if you seek things, you're basically acting like a pagan, say a pagan. So you could go from church to church to church, even in this area, and you'd probably see that each church is under paganism. Because most of the people in there are in there to get something from God. Most people are in there to get what they need. They're not seeking first the kingdom of God. They're being taught that you just, a little more faith, a little more faith, and you'll get it. A little more faith. No, change your priority and you'll get it. See, I was, I was in faith, and I, boy, I was a faith man. I was confessing that word. I was jumping up and down. I was doing everything that I thought could be doing, and it still wasn't working for me. But my priority was the thing not the kingdom. It was the thing. As long as it was the thing, I wasn't making a connection with heaven. So once I switched, say switched, and where does the switch take place? Yep, right up here. All at once you start seeking God, trusting God, putting His will. I never went to God in the first five years of being born again and asked what He wanted. I had my list. Oh, yeah. Pay the mortgage, Lord. Come on now. Pay the kids' tuition, Lord. Come on. Do this. Do that. I never went to God and said, hey, what do you want me to do? Never even occurred to me that I could say something like that. When you start kind of studying the kingdom of God, you find out with your purpose. That's what you do. You find out God's purpose every day of your life, not your purpose. And then you flow in God's purpose and everything that desires in your heart seem to come in and they line up with you and you get an opportunity to experience those things in your life. But once again, it's a priority shift. Say a priority shift. Here it says we need to seek. To seek is to pursue, to study, to explore, to understand. A true seeker must have a desire and a passion to know. The Bible says if you seek, you will. If you knock, the door will be opened unto you. So it's up to us, isn't it? Are we going to seek? Are we going to knock? We must make the kingdom first, the top priority. The kingdom must be placed above every other priority with no competition. Now how do I know if I'm doing that? Let me take your temperature. What's your desire for the Word of God? See, that's your spiritual temperature. Well, I read the Bible about three weeks ago. Well, you certainly ain't seeking the kingdom of God and His righteousness because you can't find out. What are you going to do? Go to, go to the counselor, go, go to somebody else and ask them about the kingdom of God who knows nothing about it? No, you've got to go to the book. and You've got to find out how the kingdom of God operates, how I'm supposed to operate in it, what I'm supposed to do. And here it says in verse 33, you need to seek also the righteousness. Say the righteousness. 
Now, righteousness is not a holy word. It is a legal word. It says right positioning to be in line with authority and the government that you're under, to be in right standing with authority, to be in a legal and lawful alignment, to have rights as a citizen of a country. Righteousness is maintaining a right relationship with a governing authority so as to qualify for the rights, basically, to receive governmental privileges. Once again, righteousness, right positioning, to be in line with authority, to stay in line and standing with authority, to be legal and lawful alignment, to have your legal rights. Righteousness, if you maintain your right relationship with the governing authority, it will qualify you to receive all the governmental privileges that are promised to you. The need to be righteous that you can receive all things that are added unto you. That includes your physical needs. It includes your social needs. It includes your emotional needs. Once again, we seek the kingdom not to get things. We seek the kingdom because it is the right thing to do. It is our purpose. It is our will. It is our assignment. Basically, all things added is a byproduct of seeking the kingdom of God first. All right, verse 34. Take therefore no thought for tomorrow, for the morrow shall take thought of the things of itself. Sufficient unto the day is the evil thereof. Here it's talking about stop worrying about tomorrow. In other words, prepare for a good tomorrow. Expect the best tomorrow. Don't worry about the worst. Don't worry about tomorrow at all. Worry never paid a bill. Worry never solved a problem. Today has enough problems of its own without going into tomorrow. And worry changes nothing but your blood pressure. Sufficient unto the day. So Father God says, I will give you whatever you need. The kingdom is a dispersing kingdom. We sing the song, this is the day that the Lord has made, not the week. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Most can't rejoice in today because they're too worried about tomorrow. We pray the Father's prayer. Give us this day our weekly bread. <laughs> we don't do that, do we? Give us this day our daily bread. And there's types and shadows. I mean, you go to the Old Testament, there was manna. There was manna came down. You gathered up manna every day. You didn't take any extra. Why? Because it turned into worms and rotted away. You took what you needed. No matter if you had a family of two, 22, or 15, there was enough to provide for it. And the next day you went out and you were supplied for again without even keeping any extra. What's he talking about? Don't worry about tomorrow. Today we'll have enough. I'll take care of you today. That's all you need. You don't have to worry about tomorrow. And if you have a storehouse, that's okay too, as long as your storehouse does not become your priority. And that's what happens a lot of times. you got a lot of people and maybe even preachers who start getting more and more money, and once money becomes their priority rather than God being their priority. And God has to stay first in your priority. So God established two priorities for mankind, the kingdom of God and righteousness. Those are the two that you have. Kingdom, the governing influence of heaven on earth. Righteousness is right alignment with the government and its authority. All right, go to Psalm 8. All right, Psalm 8, look at verse 4. An angel in heaven says, What is man that thou art mindful of him? And the son of man that thou visiteth him. For thou hast made him a little lower than the angels and hast crowned him with glory and honor. Thou madest him to have dominion over the works of thy hands and hast put all things under his feet. 
all sheep and oxen, yea, and the beasts of the field, the fowl of the air and the fish of the sea, and whatsoever passes through the paths of the sea. O Lord, our Lord, how excellent is your name. So the kingdom basically created mankind. What for? To basically be on the earth as a government to control and rule here, to extend God's kingdom into the earth realm, to have dominion on the earth. God's plan for man was to extend his heavenly kingdom to earth through mankind. God never desired to come to the earth. He desired to do everything he does through mankind. He's in charge of heaven. We are in charge of the earth. Man's assignment was established, the influence of the culture of heaven on earth by representing the nature of God, the values of God, the morality of God here in the earth realm. God's heavenly rule would manifest itself on earth through his extended image of mankind. Now, in order for us to extend the nature of God, how many of you know we have to partake of the nature of God? And the church hasn't done that. And people say, and you know, we run into them all the time, I'm not, I'm not going to go to church because I ran into some Christians and they're hypocrites. And people say, well, that's a bad idea, but the, the truth is they are. I mean, on Sunday or Wednesday night, they're just as holy as ever, and they're in line, and after that, they're out there doing everything that the world does, and, and they are hypocrites, and that's right. But kingdom people cannot be hypocrites. Kingdom people are citizens 24 hours a day, seven days a week, so we have to act like citizens, be like citizens, change like citizens, show people the nature of God, react in situations like God would react because we are kingdom people, not necessarily Christians. Ever since the fall of man, man has tried to imitate the kingdom of God. We've, we've got socialism, doesn't work. Communism, doesn't work. Uh, democracy, not working. Everything that man tries to do to form a new government is not working. There's only one government that's going to work, and that's the government that comes from the supernatural realm of heaven, the kingdom of God that's going to straighten things out. The Bible is a book about a king and a kingdom, about God's priority of seeking the first, seeking first the kingdom of God and studying the heavenly government to impact the earth realm and finding out your privileges in the kingdom. What are some of your privileges? Peace, joy, health, heaven, yes, is a byproduct. Citizenship, all these things belong to us. These are not things we're trying to get the king to give us. These are things that belong to us. We are citizens. And since you're a citizen, these things belong to you. They are yours. You're going to have to learn to, to fight your fights from a victorious position. From somebody who has, not somebody who's trying to get. But every time we're faced with something in this natural realm, we give up what we know is ours and we start going after it again. No, you've got you to gotta fight basically from a victorious position, from I am a, I'm not a victim, I am a victor, I am healed, I am blessed, I'm, I'm taking that. I've got authority over that. And you've got a government, you can go to your judge and say, hey, here's what you say. And basically, uh, that's what it says. It says, I'm healed by your stripes. It says, I have the peace of God that passes all understanding. So I thank you right now for the peace of God. And I'm going to walk in peace today because that belongs to me. And, and people, I just lost my peace. I just don't have any peace. I wish God would give me some peace. Well, you've already backed. You've already backtracked into a place. You don't get it that way. Because then again, you've got to earn what you're getting through what you're doing rather than receiving what you're getting through what Jesus paid on the cross by his blood. All right, go to Matthew chapter 13. I'll tell you, Jesus is a good guy. Yeah, he's a good guy. Good guy to have around. All right, Matthew chapter 13, look at verse 44. Jesus, once again, is teaching. Guess what he's teaching about? Yep, again. 
Again, he said, again. The kingdom of heaven is like unto a treasure hid in a field. The which, when a man has found, he hides, and for joy thereof goes and sells all that he has, and he buys the field. So Jesus, once again, always preached about the kingdom of God. He wanted to get people into the kingdom, wanted to let them know how to live in the kingdom, wanted to let them know how to prosper in the kingdom. Here the kingdom is like a treasure. Say a treasure. Now, how many of you know a treasure is something pretty valuable? When you find the kingdom, your true purpose and your true priority here on the earth, it will become the most valuable thing in your life. You'll be willing to sell all else to get it. What used to occupy your time, what used to occupy your attention, what used to make you worry all the time. The Bible says where your treasure is, your heart will be there also. So if my treasure is the kingdom of God and I'm seeking it, my heart will also be a kingdom heart rather than a natural heart. Your priorities will start to shift, your heart will change, and your thinking will change. What's that called? Repentance. Your time and energy and disciplines will change. Your talents and decisions will be kingdom used. His will will become your will. What will you be doing? Redeeming the time in your life. You will discover whatever does not move me toward my purpose in life is basically a waste of time. Here it says he sold all these things for joy. I mean, no, that's not natural thinking. Your service will be with joy. Even your disciplines will be with joy. You're not going to be like Martha who complains. Yeah, I went to church again. Yeah, I had to do this for the kingdom. Yeah, I had to preach another sermon to those people out there. Yeah. It won't be that way. It'll be a joy to do what you're doing and using your talents to use for God. You won't be wore out, and you won't be mad at others all the time. People are called into ministry, and basically they quit the ministry. Why? Because they're wore out. They're unhappy. They're discouraged. Why? Not because they're not called, because they were busy trying to keep what they had rather than seek that kingdom of God. I don't want to lose any members. I can't preach that, because that may make somebody mad. That will offend somebody. Oh, I can't say that. Uh, I'll tell you what, we'll have a free breakfast for everybody this morning if they come. You know, trying to do things without just seeking the kingdom of God. Everybody, I don't care if you're in ministry or not, your number one thing is to seek first the kingdom of God and stay in righteous alignment, and all these things will be added. You don't need gimmicks. You don't need any of this other stuff. You just need the right position and the right priority, and if you do that, you will be successful in your life. Simplify life, the treasure, seek first the kingdom of God in right alignment and its laws, and everything else will be added unto you. If you're tired, if you're worn out, if you're making bad decisions, if you're not disciplined, switch your treasure. Set your priorities right and put the kingdom of God first in your life. All right, look at verse 45. Jesus said, And again, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a merchant man seeking goodly pearls who when he found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had, and he bought it. So here's the kingdom of God. We found out the kingdom of God is like a treasure. Here it is like a very goodly pearl. He found one pearl. How many know he must have had other pearls? But he found one pearl, and we found that he sold all the other pearls that he had accumulated over the whole time. Christians basically are hungry to please God, and that's all right. They want to serve God, but many times they end up giving themselves little stars for everything that they do. What do you do? I go to church, praise God. I praise and worship. I even lift my hands when I praise and worship. I stayed awake during pastor's sermon the whole time on Sunday for a change, all 45 minutes, praise God. I look spiritual. I do all these things. All these are pearls that makes you look good, but the number one curl is seeking the kingdom of God. You won't worry about lifting your hands. 
to please other people or the pastor. You lift your hands because you want to please God because he's the first thing in your life. Are you following me? We don't go to church to get a brownie point from God and make it another pearl. We go to church because we want to go to church to learn about the kingdom of God and grow in the things of God because we're hungry for the word of God. It changes your whole priorities and your whole desires of your heart. It keeps you from living down and out and bent out and burn out of shape. Because I tell you, there's a difference between going to church because you want to and going to church because you have to. You go to church because you have to, you have to. And boy, you're God mighty. Checking that watch, aren't you? It's noon. It's noon. <laughs> Why? Because you want to give your hour. See, that's all you're giving. That's what I donate to him is an hour, and that's all he gets. Bless God. That's just the person I am. Well, that ain't the way. See, we, so we've got to change not only our primaries, but the intents of our heart at the same time. So when you find the pearl of the kingdom of God, you won't be so anxious to get a bunch of other pearls. You'll just seek God, and you'll seek the other pearls for the right reason in your life with the right motive. You can do all these things, and praise God, still live in offense. You go to church every Sunday and still live in unforgiveness. You can worship on the worship stays and praise God and be having an affair outside of church. See, all these things could be taking place in your life. Basically, you look good. You look like a real pearly person. But what you don't understand is you're not even seeking the pearl or you wouldn't have the problem with all those other pearls. A lot of pearls are denominations. Where do you belong? I'm a Catholic pearl. I'm a Methodist pearl. I'm a Lutheran pearl. We'll become a kingdom pearl because they don't promise you anything. The kingdom does, has promised you stuff and made you a citizen of the kingdom of God. So here, basically, he says, when you find the right pearl, you will start honoring me with your lips, with your heart far from me. You'll honor me because you won't be doing the religious thing to do. You'll be doing the kingdom thing to do in your life. So the motive of the heart will be on relationships. Once again, a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, and you will become a peculiar, say a peculiar, peculiar person. All right, go to Luke chapter 9. All right, Luke chapter 9, let's start in let's start in verse 57. And it came to pass that as they went in the way, a certain man said unto him, Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said unto him, Foxes have holes, and the birds of the air have nests, but the Son of Man has nowhere to lay his head. So this guy was basically saying, I'm going to follow the kingdom of God. Jesus came back and said, well, foxes have holes, birds have nests, son of man has nowhere to lay his head. We know that Jesus had a house because scripture tells us that. He had a place to live. So what's he talking about? Jesus just healed many. He cast out devils. He healed Peter's mother-in-law. He'd walked on the water. And how many know if you see somebody like you say, I will follow you wherever you go. So Jesus said, if you're going to follow me to get, if you're going to follow me to obtain all things added unto you, Rather than a relationship with the kingdom and with me, it will not work in your life. Your priority is all the things added rather than the kingdom of God. You're just trying to go through the kingdom of God to get all things added unto you. And how many know God knows the difference? So you're still wrong, basically. Your motive's still wrong. Are you seeking first the kingdom of God? Why? Why are you doing that? So I get all things added unto me. That's why I'm doing it. Well, you're still concerned is about the all things added, and you're just finding a new avenue to do it. The kingdom is not the way to getting your needs met. The kingdom is the way, period. It's not a bless me club. 
but it's a change me club. If it's the way to get your needs met, you will only seek it when you have a need, like most Christians. I don't go to Bible. I don't go to church. I don't go to prayer meeting. Once all hell breaks loose, and they become the most dedicated person you've ever seen in your entire life. But it's not that way. You don't want to do it just to get things in your life. And then once you get them, you can relax. And who cares anymore? What do you? You're still on the thing-minded things. All right, look at verse 59. And he said to another, follow me. But he said, Lord, suffer me first to go and bury my father. Jesus said unto him, let the dead bury their dead, but go thou and preach the kingdom of God. So here's another situation, basically, a burial of the father. We don't know if he was dead or not for sure, whether the guy was just really sick. But how many know the death of your father is a big deal? It's something in your life. What's the problem? First go and bury my father. Jesus is not saying you don't bury your relatives, you don't bury your father. He's not saying you don't watch TV. He's not saying that you live like a hermit someplace. He's basically saying that still the first priority, no matter what it is on the earth, has to be the kingdom of God. The kingdom will then dictate how you work. It will dictate how your funeral goes. It will dictate how you watch TV and what you spend your time watching on TV if the kingdom of God is first. And how many you know a funeral is probably the best place to extend the kingdom of God? Some people are thinking about death at a funeral. See, it's an opportunity to get the Word of God in there to do something. So seek first the kingdom. It will protect your valuable time and your energy. It will keep you free from stress and from worry. Our highest priority and greatest desire should be to enter the kingdom of God and thirst for a right relationship with God's heavenly government. It says, if you will hunger and thirst for righteousness, you shall be filled. How many know that's a promise? If you continue to seek things, you will live empty. Stop wasting time and energy. Learn to shift your priority from survival to kingdom living. All right, look at verse 61. And another one came to him and said, Lord, I will follow you, but let me first go and bid them farewell, which are at home in my house. And Jesus said unto him, No man, having put his hand to the plow and looking back, is fit for the kingdom of God. Basically here it says, you're going to follow and seek the kingdom on your own terms in your own time. In other words, have you ever said, and I've done this, I'm going to get up and pray and read the Word of God in the morning, and you don't quite get up on time, and then the phone rings, and you don't have quite have time to do it, and then something else happens, and you don't have quite time to do it, and then you need groceries, so you go to the grocery store, but you know, you're going to do it, you're going to do it later, you're, you're going to do it later, and it gets about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, then something else happens, and then you got to eat, and then it gets 7 o'clock, but you're going to, you're going to do it, I'm telling you, you're going to do it, and you get to about 10 o'clock, 10, 30, 11, you, I, I said I'm going to do it, and then you go to your bed, and you say, Fall asleep, don't you? <laughs> well, tomorrow. Praise God, tomorrow we'll get it. We'll do it tomorrow. I mean, we've all done this. We all do this sometimes. That's why you've got to put the priority first in your life. You've got to make it first, and you've got to get it done first thing if that's when you get it done most. But you've, there's something you've got to move out of the way, something that's not as important, so you take time to seek the kingdom of God. Said so Here he says, put the hand to the plow and look back. So some things I think that means you're going to have to leave some things behind when you start seeking the kingdom first. You may have to leave some of the things you're doing. You may have to change your time. You may have to look for a different way to use your talents than you're using right now. You may have to basically leave some friends behind. See, 
A lot of people don't want the kingdom. They don't understand the kingdom. They want to be Christian because in Christianity, you can about get away with anything that you want and be all right. You can be offended and you'll find five other Christians surround you who are offended and you can all share your offenses. And everybody be happy. But nobody's thinking about moving out of it. Nobody's thinking about what Jesus said. Nobody's thinking about he meant that. And he didn't mean it for us. He meant it for us to do better. Do you see? Everybody thinks God's just this, well, don't you do that because that's fun. Well, that's not what he's doing. He's doing that because that'll kill you. The wages of sin is death. And he's not into death. He's into life. So he's telling you to do something as a father because it's the best thing to do for you in your life to keep you going. He's not restricting you from what you thought was fun. I thought drinking was fun for a long time. It wasn't. Nobody's going to tell me not to stop drinking. Take my fun away. All my friends drink. I'm going to have to lose alcohol and everybody else at the same time. So you know what I did? I got rid of alcohol and I moved away from everybody. <laughs> it's a lot easier when you move 1,200 miles away from your friends. You don't have to be around them that much anymore. I knew it was time to go because I had to get out of there, basically. It was something that had to be done. So if you're going to seek first the kingdom of God, then some things may change in your life. Y your attitudes and desires even change in your life. Some things you used to want to do, you don't even want to do anymore. Things that you thought were fun before aren't fun anymore. What's happening? The kingdom of God's at work on the inside of you, and it's changing your desires, and it's changing your thought life, and it's changing what you want to do. So we need to change our priority, and we will change our life. Romans tells us basically to not seek the things of the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may know the perfect will of God. You can't do the perfect will of God if you don't know the perfect will of God. So as you seek God, you're going to know the perfect will of God. You're going to know exactly what to do in every situation. Your decision is going to be right on every time because you're making a godly decision rather than your feelings and emotion decision. And it gives you an opportunity to be transformed by the renewing of your mind. So we're slowly being changed into God's way of thinking in our lifetime. He knows what's best for each and every one of us. God's way, the Bible talks about, is the narrow way. And it says, few are they who find it. Now, why are there only few that them that find it? Because only few of them that seek it. Because if you seek, you will. Broad is the way that leads to destruction. Why? Nobody having any problem seeking that. It's all around you on the TV set and every place else. So we want to seek first the kingdom of God. We want to lose our way of thinking, the worldly way of thinking. And as we seek the kingdom, God will slowly go to work, weed things out of your life, weed things the way you think, the way you react to situations and circumstance. But in order to do that, you have to make your number one priority, seeking first the kingdom of God. Father, I thank you for your word tonight. I thank you for opening our eyes and making life simple, Father. We got to do this. We got to do that. No, you, we've just got to seek first the kingdom of God and live righteously for what we know now. We'll learn more and more every day. We may not even be doing everything right right now, but it doesn't matter. We'll learn it and we'll change and we'll be conformed and we'll be changed in our mind and we'll just grow closer and closer to you and be a more effective tool in our time and in our talents and in everything that you gave us. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. All right. Praise God. the kingdom of God and his righteousness.